Hey y'all, you're welcome to episode 15 on the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Uh, my name is Obakam Tom George and I am the host of this podcast. In case you're a first time listener, um, this is the Blue Ribbon Podcast where we talk about culture, society, lifestyle, do better. We want to inspire you through our journey and of course through the journeys of other people hoping that you are going to pick up some gems on the way. So yes, you are welcome to this episode. Um, before I go on, I just really want to say thank you to all my wonderful listeners out there who take out time to share my podcast, who take out time to drop their constructive feedback, um, their criticisms, their love, who take out time to just share it generally. I'm really grateful and I do not take your, your benevolence and your support for granted. Thank you so much. Um, again, before I go on still, if you haven't subscribed, please hit the subscribe button right now. Whatever platform you're listening on, whether you're listening on through, whether you're listening through iTunes, um, through Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, or Radio Public, whatever platform you're listening on, please do well to subscribe so that you'll be the first to know anytime we drop a new episode. So um, on today's episode, thing is, I was sent in a number of questions by some listeners, and it's been like a long time coming. I've always wanted to do this, so I'm excited that you all dropped your questions. Um, so I'm going to be answering them to the best of my experience and to the best of my knowledge. And I hope that um, the answers actually, you know, help all of us the better, right? <laughs> so the first question came in from Bumayi. Bumayi, by the way, is my younger sister. And she's one of my cheerleaders. Um, thank you so much, babe, for all you do. Thank you for your support. And she's asking, what have you been up to? Um, Bumayi, um, what have I been up to? I thought you would know, but um, since you asked, um, so what have I been up to? It's been work. It's been my nine to five. It's been my, um, so I started off a community called The Convergence. Um, so it was just a community to get people who are like minds together, right? So to share opportunities, to just share a lot of positive energy, to help themselves through growth. Um, I think that's why I started the community. So there are other plans on collaboration, there are other plans. We want to see this community grow. And I'm, I'm glad that a lot of people have met themselves, you know, have been able to, you know, prefer advice to themselves like in different ways you know some of them are already friends of the platform and i am super grateful for that actually it's the platform the convergence has start, just started on on whatsapp first so it was just the means to bring people together they talk about technology just about do better talk about work ethics just basically anything that would help them grow um yes um recently i was um i volunteered to be okay no i didn't volunteer but I eventually became a volunteer role um so someone referred me to another person who has been in my business community for the longest time so she made me the coordinator of a conference right it's called the young weeks conference um yeah so i was the lagos state coordinator it, it involved me going to the ministry of justice going to mm, everywhere where i'll find lawyers and clusters or law students in clusters senior law students and clusters to tell them about a conference that was happening so we did the conference la- conference last saturday in lagos eco hotel to be precise and it was sold out it wasn't just sold out it was awesome we had media coverage we had a lot of things going on and um it's arguably the first silent law conference in nigeria so i'm so excited that i was <laughs> i was part of it you know the court the convener is not she doesn't reside in legal so i pretty much had to do a lot of work background work and yeah it, it, i mean i almost felt ill actually because i had to mix my nine to five had to mix this and all the things that i was doing um yeah so what else have i been up to um <sighs> I'm still trying to, I think I'm still trying to figure out my life. I thought I had it all figured out like um, sometime last year, two years back, but I just came, I just had some like 
introspection right and i realized that i have a lot of figuring out to still be done right so i'm still at that point right now where i'm paper to pen trying to figure it out and know what exactly do i want to do do i want to go ahead and do a master's maybe an mba mba what exactly do i want to do with my life do i want to pursue this media head on yeah pretty much that's all i've been up to and some other things that are just under the bonnet i'll probably share later um thank you for your question the second question came from silva silva says i want to reinvent myself and i don't know how context i have spent a large part of my life in a particular path and then it hits me that i might be on a dead end how do i switch all right truth is silva you are not alone um there are a lot of people who actually are on the wrong path, right? And they, they, they want to change so desperately, you know. I'll give you a classic example of a young person who just finishes the compulsory NYSC. So for listeners outside Nigeria or who are not familiar with this landscape that I live in, right? The NYSC is the National Youth Service Corps and it's um, it's a sort of, it's a program that the government created for people who are done with tertiary institution who are still within an age range right to serve their country so it could be in the area of education or in the area of legal or in the area of medical so it's just basically a program set aside for young people people who have finished tertiary institutions or universities to just come and serve their country you know and then what the point i'm trying to make is this so people finish the nyc and and then maybe they read PR, for example, and then um, they've always wanted to do PR, but they're not able to get a job in the PR firm. So they get a job maybe in the banking sector, you know. And then for the first few years, it's like, oh, the money is good. I've done my ICANN. I have all these certificates. I've met a lot of people, da, 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 you know. And then they decide that, oh, maybe this might be the path for me. Um, and then they just get stuck and eventually realize that they're not fulfilled, they're not happy. How do they actually move? You know, I see a lot of people go through this kind of familiar path, right? Because they start off in a place where it was paying their bills, the world is hard, it's not about passions, about you having money to live, like, you know. And then they get stuck. How do they get unstuck? Um, for me personally, I would advise that um, you try to move into circles that have those kind of people that you want to be like you know move into circles like that thankfully social media is a very good platform for you to connect so you can go on linkedin and connect to people that connect with people that are in that space that you want to be in right you might you can cold email them cold message them cold call them whatever just to get yourself on that path starts with building relationships in that path i think he was um richard branson in one of his books he said something along the lines of, I can't remember the quote exactly, so off, off the top of my head, he said something along the lines of, um, if you want to, for example, work in, you want to be, um, you want to work in, um, you want to work as a pilot, for example, you just need to find yourself in that space where, maybe you probably have to work in an airport, even though you don't have the necessary skills. Maybe from there, it's going to spark an interest and you go, you go get the skills. So this is not his words, I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to like paraphrase. Um, I think it's Les Brown. Yes, that's good. So Les Brown, for example, before he became like a superstar that we know him to be, or we knew him to be, right? He said that he worked as he was. Um, he used to mop the ground in the in the station where he finally worked in. And then one day the opportunity came where they needed someone to be on radio, and then 
boom, that was his opportunity, you know, because he had been around around that circle for a long time. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not saying that you should go and start mopping floors if you want to maybe work in media and go and start mopping floors in a TV station. I'm not saying that. But very often, more often than not, you find yourself more successful or more your chances of success will be greater when you find when you're in that circle. You know, when you're in that circle where the people that you want to be like, you know, are does that make sense? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's how you break off. Um, yes, that's how you break off. You have to just remove yourself. It might be very difficult, you know. It's not, it's not your exactly your comfort zone when you're living somewhere and going to somewhere else. But then you just have to take that leap. Um, the next question is from Blessing Kennedy, and it says, um, it says, what should I do when, or what should you do when you have technical know-how when you don't have the technical know-how? To work out your ideas Bruh, the thing is that you are not a know-it-all person right if you don't have the technical know-how for a particular set of ideas that require um, deep technical skills your best bet will be to outsource right you have to outsource you can't you can't um, know it all you can't have it all you have to outsource so if for example you are in the media and you have a tech idea right and you know that you don't have the technical know-how or the technical skills to push that idea. Your best bet is to get yourself a CTO, that's a chief technical officer, who is going to help you through um, making your idea skill. If you decide that you can do it alone or you're going to take some crash course, three-month crash course, or maybe one-month crash course to learn that technical skill, you might just fall flat on your face. So you want to outsource that particular part of um, that particular set of skills that you don't have to ensure that you, your idea skills right otherwise if it's something that is not really technical that you don't really need so much technical knowledge or it's not really technical you can decide to go through free courses free courses you can find on coursera uh, or maybe not so free courses you may probably have to pay a stipend for the certificate but i mean the knowledge is really important so yeah you can go through financial aid as well so free courses on Coursera, Udemy, edX, HubSpot, um, there are a couple of them. So you just want to check Google and, and know what, where exactly you can get such courses from, right? So it could help you with your technical um, skills or if you don't want to outsource. Yeah. I hope I answered that question, Blessing Kennedy. Thank you so much for that question. The next question is from Chukubogum and it says, relationships matter, but how about individuals who, from your point of view, can't contribute anything to your life? Um... Chukubogum, the thing is, not every relationship is going to contribute positively to your life. You are not supposed to just be with people who can contribute to your life. I mean, that's why you are there. So in as much as you are getting from someone, you should know that there is also a path. There's also a path for you where you have to give, right? So yeah, you know, every, not, not everybody would contribute positively to your life. That's where mentorship comes in. That's when you look down the... You know, you look down beneath you and or below you and then you see that people also need your own level of wisdom and then you pass it down. It trickles down to the next generation, right? So that's the thing for me. You don't necessarily have to. Everybody in my life is there for a reason. I don't necessarily have to gain from you. Of course, I don't like a parasitic relationship where um, you're just the one gaining, right? But then you can mentor younger people. You can reach out to younger people. This person might not necessarily have to contribute. Might necessarily have anything to contribute to you. Like they're looking up to you. So I don't think you should ditch that relationship or burn that bridge because um, that person does not have anything they're contributing to you. What are you contributing to that person? That should be the question 
that you ask yourself at this point except it becomes really toxic or maybe um it requires some sort of monetary um monetary um commitments or some sort of commitment that you are not able to meet yeah that might become really burdensome you know and becomes toxic for all parties otherwise it's always something you can give back Samuel Ogulaja asked this question. He says, what is your greatest fear in life? Hey, Samuel, this really strikes a chord. Thank you for your question. My greatest fear in life is lack of fulfillment or not being fulfilled. Sorry, (laughs) not being fulfilled. I don't know. I detest this so much. I don't want to get to the point where I'm old and I, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not fulfilled. No, I want, I think I want to be able to do, I want to be able to look back and say that if, if for everything I wrote down, for everything I, I had planned for my life, right? Um, a, a major, a major part of the things I wrote down actually came to fruition, right? So one of my greatest fears or my greatest fear would be not being fulfilled. I would always tell my mom those days that, um, when I look at someone who, maybe an elderly person who is struggling so much, you know, and they want to actually live a better life, but then, um, you know, it's not working. I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had money to just sponsor this person's vision. Something that will make them happy. Something that will make them that they actually, make them feel that they actually lived life. You know, life is not happening to them, that they are happening to life. You know, so that's my greatest fear. But then the thing again is that I feel that fulfillment for me might just be a needle in the haystack. What do I mean? So for me, right, I feel that at every point where you get to the point where you say, oh, I have done this, I feel God opens up, opens you up to more opportunities and more possibilities, yes? So I don't see anybody getting to a point and saying, oh my God, I cannot rest, I'm filled. Oh my God, there's no work again, I don't have to do any work again. No, I feel like at every point you get and you achieve a milestone, every, at every point you achieve a milestone, yeah? that it actually opens you up to more so success breeds more success essentially yeah success breeds more success so um yeah so i think every point just just at every point you reach a milestone so celebrate your successes no matter how small it is and then aspire to be more yeah um let's um be raz be raz be raz zobai he's asking about it's always a great concern to me how you're able to merge so many things of which some of them look like it's not your real core. For example, technology. How do you do this? Um, so it's more than I meet the eyes. It's not because I'm I'm not like so deeply ingrained in technology, for example. I um I, I just have a lot of people around me who are so interested in technology and who from common constant communication and constant stuff, um exposure yeah are able to teach me a thing or two i learn a lot from conversations and from attending events so i'm not just at any event i'm not like i'm more of an intellectual entertainment kind of person right so yeah that's how i am able to that's how you think i am into those things i'm not really into it right i wish one day that i'm really going to be invested in all the things i'm passionate about but for now i'm not exactly so how do i merge a lot of things i'm doing um, so what exactly am I doing should be the first question. Um, I have a podcast that I try to be consistent on, but I'm not exactly consistent because, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to give any excuses, right? I have a nine to five. Um, what again? I have some things in my head that I need to actually bring to fruition. Um, so I think all the things you are seeing, right, it's just baby steps into the things I want to do. And I try to tie a lot of these things together. So if any of them have, um, common denominators, yes, I try to bring them together and work 
together on them like a chain um yeah so that's basically it and most of the things i do a lot of them have a common denominator so at the center of at the core of my of my mind map or should i say what's the word so at the core of what the kind of things i, I want to represent is value so anything any tentacle that points towards that core right you find me there but then the common denominator is value so i try to tie all these things together right that doesn't make sense uh, oh well but I'm, I'm trying to try and um i delegate sometimes sometimes i don't have like a lot of people i delegate to and i, I don't know where the young people are younger people are but yeah i'm trying thank you i think i need to get some water right now Mm. Excuse me. So, the next question is from Tare Bolobolo. Hey, Tare, I miss you so much. I miss you so much, girl. Her question is, what's your take on Calloway with the gist on IG? Yeah, it's funny how white people do be a minimum and media makes so much noise about it. Um, so, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of Calloway, but I think I'm not exactly versed in this and I don't really have a solid opinion. But then what happened was Calloway was in the habit of actually putting her life out on Instagram. So, anything happens and then she puts it out that, oh, this has happened and blah, blah, blah. And people got quite, people got like irritated with her. Um, she's not in, she's not in Nigerian apparently <laughs> so people got really irritated with her I think um, so she was always putting her struggles anything that she goes through she's gonna put it out there and at some point she felt that um, with the number with the with the with the depth of experience that she had garnered yes that she would be able to give um, she would be able to be she would do um, coaching sessions and just like the fire festival that happened that never happened rather right um she decided to have a conference i think or a coaching session and people had paid or something like that and it shall happen so what's my take on it i don't think anybody should put all their life on social media yes i don't think people should put their lives and even if people put their lives right i feel like human humans are really judgmental they're really judgmental they don't remove the speck in their eyes before and this goes to me and goes to everybody out there, really, because I don't think anybody's, and I don't think, I, I know nobody's perfect, so whatever works for you, really, but I don't think people should put out all their life on social media. And if this, you've decided to pay for a conference, um, oh man, I really don't know, I really don't know. I, I just have a problem with people misrepresenting what they are not, you know, because it becomes really toxic. See, if you don't believe what you see on social media, guys, like, I don't even know what to say. Don't just believe everything. People are fond of taking all these things, hook, line, sinker. You know, you are, you are fond of, you stand, you stand, and we stand, and we stand. Really, I just feel don't take up everything, don't take in everything. Just try to do your own little corner. Just try to put that effort. Try to take a step every day towards being your better self. Not because of what someone is saying, or because you're trying to resonate with what someone else is saying somewhere. You know, I like it when people share their stories, yes, but you don't have to put everything in social media. Yeah, Tara, <laughs> that's it, really. I'm not really versed in it. I, I don't want to miss Yan. Peggy Jimmy says, how does your knowledge of the law help you with what you are doing at this point in your life? Faye was my roommate in law school. Faye, I miss you so much. Um, yeah, you've grown to be such a beautiful, beautiful auntie. <laughs> um, so how does my knowledge of the law help me with what I'm doing at this point in my life? I'm just going to tell you something really quick. So sometime two weeks back, I, I was going to sign a contract for... 
a remote opportunity and then um what happened was this person in question was really 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 upset that I had not signed, I, I didn't want to sign the contract because in the person's words, the person is like, why are you being unnecessarily thorough? Don't you know that time is of the essence and blah, blah, blah. And and why are you reading this thing so in-depth like like a lawyer like that you are? Something like that. And I'm like, ah, that, why are you not ignorant that the time, that time is going? I'm like, it's because I'm not ignorant. That's why I'm even doing all of this. You know, eventually I realized that there were some parts of the contract that didn't suit me, right? That that wasn't going to fuel what I wanted. So they adjusted the contract a lot of times, you know, until I was satisfied with the terms of the contract. Bruh. So what I'm trying to say in essence is that, yes, because I know the law and I know the implications, the person was forcing me to sign a contract that I wasn't really comfortable with. You know, because of time, like time, we need your skills, like fast, fast, fast. Because time was of the essence, they felt like, okay, please now just hurry up and sign. Of course, because I know what it is, I know that I'm bound by whatever I sign. Once I append my signature to whatever, it's, oh my, it's, it's just going to, I don't know, I'm going to be tied down. So really, I didn't, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. And then again, um, my knowledge of the law helps me because I see, like, I know, like, I'm quite multi, 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 um, I'm like multi-potentialite. Let me toot my horn a little. <laughs> you know, I, I get a lot of people who want me to be on their team and who want me to offer services to them and all whatnot. And but because I know like I know the I know the law of work, I know how to I don't know how to explain this, but it, it just helps a lot, you know. You've been able to say what it says, what position that you stand on, you've been able to um, see the rights of people, you've been able to you know, do things. So I know that my actions and my inactions, I'm like more really, I'm, I'm more careful about my inactions and my actions even because, you know, all of these things are the things that the Lord taught me, you know, just a lot of things that I cannot exactly explain right now. Um, Ikpahosa says, why do, um, why don't we like facing the truth? Ikpahosa, thank you so much. I came for short. Yes, bruh. The thing is that the truth is bitter, and that's why people don't like facing the truth. That's why we don't like facing the truth. I know that this question is born out of a, converse, out of a conversation that we had um, some weeks back when you were you were really really peppering me. I know, but yeah, we don't we don't like facing the truth because it, because it's really it's um the truth is bitter, you know. Oh, that's it. I think David Braid says, "Is democracy doomed to fail?" Democracy in itself is government, layman's understanding is government for the people, of the people, and by the people. I feel like if democracy is done the right way, yeah, if, the, if people, if we actually do democracy the way it should be done, it wouldn't fail. But we are abusing the process, we are abusing the rule of law. A lot of people in the country are both the law, just have some meat from dollars in your account. You know, just travel, just travel to maybe Ghana, travel to um, a white man's country and come back and have a, have an accent and, you know, I mean, you, you know these things. Yeah, I feel like if it's done the way it should be done, it should be done, it should be, if it's done the proper way, then it wouldn't fail. Otherwise, that's why we see a lot of cracks on the wall, you know, because we don't do things the right way in this country. So, yeah, that's my basic concern. And David, you also asked another question. You said, what is the best way to communicate effectively with your lover? And yes, guys, this is the last question. What's the best way to communicate effectively with your lover? Communication itself is talking, right? So I feel like you guys should actually talk a lot more. 
right? If you notice that um, there are cracks in your relationships and you're trying to paper over the, over the cracks, you have to communicate, like open your mouth and ask questions. How would you satisfy me? People don't, sometimes you don't know what people want until you ask. How do you, how do you yourself want to be satisfied? You have to talk, right? I mean, nobody's going to go into your mind and read your mind. You're not Taraji. You're not Taraji Henson, you know. You have to actually talk. You know, another way to communicate effectively with your lover is through the five love languages that some of us might already be familiar with. Um, In case you're not familiar with the five love languages, they include physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. So if you notice that when you touch your lover, you know, and your lover feels good anytime you touch him or anytime you touch her, you know, physically, right, that might just be a good way to communicate if you realize that they love it so much. That might just be their own love language and you might be communicating well. Some people, is words of affirmation. Tell them you are the sugar in my tea, uh, my bright and my morning style, you know, just, you know, worship them. Just give them some words of affirmation, you know, they would fall flat. They will be so excited. Excited, you know, you realize that you're communicating with them effectively. Emphasis on the word effectively. So you want to know which exactly is my lover's love language. Another is through gifts. Some people want you to give them gifts. They said this is the love language of almost all Nigerian women. Just give me, give me gifts. Lavita Lucas, tell me finish. That's all I want. <laughs> you know, so you want to know if this person, you know, gets really hyped about a gift that you give the person. This might just be the person's love language. Another is acts of service. Some people want you to give them bed, give serve them tea in bed want you to fix the ball polish their shoe maybe iron your dress do the groceries for them you know all those things if you if you realize that when you do this things, your lover is really hyped about you and really loving every that period that might just be the person's love language and the last one is quality time some people just wanted to spend quality time with them it doesn't matter how much gifts you buy for them it doesn't matter how, how much you touch them or how much you do for them they just want you to spend quality time you know, so when you realize that this person um, enjoys you the more when you spend quality time, this might just be the person's love language, and that would be the best way to communicate your love with that person. I hope I answered your questions. Thank you so much for all of you, or to all of you who, who brought in your questions. I am super excited. Um, thank you. I hope you learned a, a few things about me and about, um, I, I hope you learned a few things on those questions. I hope so. <laughs> Please do well to drop your feedback. Do well to holler at me, drop your messages. I'll be so delighted to answer them. You can drop a voice note as well. You know, if you're listening to any of the apps, there's usually a link where you can just click on and drop a voice message. So I will be happy to listen to your messages and even play them on the first segment of the next episode. Um, yes, thank you so much for listening to me on episode 15. Um, thank you so much once again. My name is Obakam Tom George. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Obakam underscore, on LinkedIn Obakam Tom George, and on Twitter at Obakam underscore. All right, see you guys on episode 16. I love you so much. Bye.